Hey everybody, this is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. If you're making some game art, make sure that you use a palette. Check out lowspec.com, that's L-O-S-P-E-C.com, to help you build your palette. If you go to lowspec.com forward slash palette dash list, you can specify the number of colors you want to use, and it generates some commonly used palettes for you. I started doing this anytime I do any pixel art. Helps you keep the color scheme consistent, and honestly, it adds some limitation to your art, which oftentimes boosts your creativity. So check it out. It's lowspec.com. It'll help your art. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest. I am your host, Taylor, joined by our special guest. You know him as Ghost Goats Games. I just learned his name is Adam. Hi. <laughs> What's up, Adam? How you doing, man? Pretty good. How's it going, man? Good. Yeah, welcome to the show. Yeah. I appreciate you being on. Finally. I know. God, <laughs> I was like... I was holding on to this invite for so long. I just wanted to make you sweat, man. Yeah, and and I don't want to ask because then it seems needy, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ghost Ghost Games, if you guys don't know him, he's been around our community for quite a while. When we were all streaming hard, you got into the rotation there. Oh, yeah. And it was super fun hosting each other. Um, yeah, but really happy to have you on. We'll just talk it, talk about a lot of game dev stuff and just see where this goes. So, First, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to these days, what you're working on, all that good stuff? Sure, yeah. Um, hi. I've been doing game dev for a bit, but I've just started streaming maybe in the past like six months or so, and that's when I kind of got involved with Game Devs Quest. I think Manbeard actually just kind of popped in my stream one day after hosting me and was like, hey, you should join this place. And I was kind of hesitant to do it because... Historically, I don't really like discords um, at all, <laughs> but uh, this is actually a good one, and that's what I always tell people when I stream is that I know that most are bad, but this one's cool. So, uh. um, yeah, so I started doing that. Um, at the time, I think it was weird. When I first started streaming, I was just making like a Pac-Man clone just to see if I could, um, and then I decided to do something more interesting than that. But yeah, I've been having I've been having a lot of fun with it. I never really wanted to stream. I never really thought that would be fun for me. Um, but I think I was always thinking of it in the terms of like trying to be like a, a game streamer, someone who plays games. But I don't know. Once I kind of started doing game development on there, I had some really cool people pop into my stream and start giving me tips and stuff. I've learned m so much from like just streaming game dev and having people tell me what I'm doing wrong and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been incredibly helpful just for that alone, really. Nice. Yeah, I I felt the same way. I always thought it was kind of weird that people streamed. Yeah. Like you're sitting in front of a camera doing just normal computer stuff and people want to watch you. <laughs> like that's weird. Yeah. But... Yeah. That, that, I think that's what surprised me. And I know that game development's a bit different than trying to like stream Fortnite or something. But like the first yeah. day I streamed, I had like three or four people pop in just to see what I was doing. And that was really right. kind of, it was kind of nice just to kind of skip that part where you have to stream for like a month with no one watching. 
Yeah, and I think when I first started watching you, you were making a real-time strategy game, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing I made after I started making after I made the Pac-Man clone. Um, I still like okay. I still like that game. I still like that idea. I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do with it. Um, I started doing the Ludum Dares, and then my second Ludum Dare was a cooking game that it, it finished like 124th in the comp. Um, nice. Yeah, which was like the huge improvement for me. The one I did before that only got like 400th or something. So I felt really, I, I liked that game. I liked the concept and I had quite a few comments of people who were saying that, asking me if I was going to go further with it. Um, so I decided to do it. The plan was to only spend a couple months on it um, to like finish it and polish it up. I don't know if I was being like hopeful when I made that call. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because now it's been like four months, but I also moved to a new house in that time period too. So it hasn't really yeah. been like a full time four months. I have, I put the demo out for it maybe like last week. Um, I learned an insane amount. I definitely recommend to put out a demo, even, even if it's not in a good shape, you will, uh, learn so much from just having a demo exist on the internet. Um, things that yeah. you will never, ever think of. So I definitely recommend doing it. Um, not not on a holiday weekend though. That was my big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was that was unintelligent uh, of me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I started doing the the cooking game. I wanted to take that further. I still like the RTS game. I probably will pick it up at some point again. Um, it's just it's a longer project, and I'm kind of like the idea of doing a lot of smaller projects right now. I think I'll learn more from doing that. Yeah. I think I kind of ran into a similar situation with my logging game, which mm. now is on hiatus. I'm still eagerly awaiting. Uh, I know. <laughs> Actually, whenever I think about going back to that, I always think of you because you were always in my, my channel bugging me about like when I'd get it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's kind of something that a lot of new developers run into where they've done a couple game jams and they're feeling somewhat confident in their abilities to complete projects and then they start going on something that's a little bit bigger and it ends up just like stretching out and oh. it feels like it's going to take forever like that happened to me i thought it'd be three months and it turned into six and now it's like well if i go back to that it's probably going to be like six more or a year yes. you know and it's hard to balance i don't really know what the strategy is to to maintain you know I don't, I don't even think there is a good one. Um, <laughs> and I only say that because like I watch a lot of the GDC talks and stuff like that. And I'm watching these professional indie devs who have put out multiple games still talk about how often scope creep is like a huge problem and, and what they do to manage it. But it kind of seems like a thing that's different for everyone. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really have any like secret as I'm, I assume most people don't to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, what helps me is I, I take out a piece of paper and I just try to draw what I think the game's going to look like, like the main part of the game and just like draw screenshots. I'm horrible at drawing, by the way. So you don't <laughs> have to be good at drawing to do this because I'm, I'm the worst at it, but I just draw some screens and then I just go and try and make those screens. But I don't know. Like there's, there's a catch 22 of that. And sometimes I get focused too much on exactly what is in the picture that I drew and forget about other things that are important, like tutorials. Yeah. <laughs> well hey i played your game today and i did the tutorial and i thought it was really good so yeah that was added just the other day <laughs> nice. it, it didn't launch with a tutorial <laughs> yeah yeah i tried it the other day before you had the tutorial and i only had a couple minutes and i was like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> so <laughs> i'm gonna stop <laughs> that was the first thing i learned from from launching a demo is that i'll never launch a game again without a tutorial like i'm never gonna yeah. do that so
Yeah, that's like my least favorite part of doing a uh, game project is making that tutorial, but oh, it's it so is super horrible. essential. It's, it's not fun. Like it's not fun no. at all. You're just making menus and Yeah, it always feels like an afterthought to me. Mm-hmm. Um which I guess I just need to start baking that into the process and maybe it'd be easier. Yeah, but... if you don't have an incredibly simple straightforward game, it's it's really not negotiable. <laughs> like because yeah. that's what's happening to me. I put this demo out and um, so the thought process of my game, which you probably didn't even notice, which is fine because it doesn't really say it anywhere. But the 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 main thing that you're supposed to be doing there is that the food when you it's a it's a regular cooking game for those of you who haven't played it. Um, a lot like Overcooked. When you deliver food, um, the amount of money you get for the food goes up depending on how many total recipes your kitchen is capable of. Um, okay. So like if you buy hot dogs and hamburgers, every time you sell either one, you're going to get more money than just selling a hamburger. So the the point of the game is to try to get as many different types of food as possible. But if you just load your restaurant up with one of every food, you're going to get overwhelmed because everyone's going to order something super different. So there's like a balancing act there. Um, I think that's a pretty cool idea and I have fun when I play it, but I know that that's the point of the game. So it's yeah. easy for me to do that. <laughs> I, you know, talking to other people who have played it, no one else really made that realization, which is which is on me, right? Because I don't, I, I do my best to explain it, but if there's one thing I've learned about tutorials and games is you can make a good one, people are going to skip it anyways, um, right? <laughs> and not necessarily read every sentence, which is totally fair. That's something I do too. Yeah, I did notice in your tutorial it said like to try to have a diverse menu. Yeah, I think but... that's all I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and so I was like, when I was playing it, I was trying to do that, but then I kind of got in this groove where I was like, well, you know, hamburgers and like a burger with lettuce, that mm-hmm. seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had a lot of a lot of fun with your game, though. It, it's feeling really good. Thanks. So. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. I think it has a shot at being something cool. So, what's your plan with it at this point? Do you want to sell it, like put it on Steam or anything? Or yeah, you... eventually. I mean, it obviously still needs a lot of work. Um, before yeah. I can do something like that. I, I want a a type of story mode, probably. Like, not necessarily a story, but some sort of progression. Something that always kind of bothered me about Overcooked, and one of the main reasons I've made this game, was because in Overcooked, you get, like, one level, and once you get familiar with the level and you kind of know what you're doing, you just immediately go to the next level and have to do it all over again. You never really can, like, try to make a kitchen as efficient as possible. So I think that's kind of cool here. I also don't like how in Overcooked, if you aren't capable of beating a level, you just are stuck. You have to keep playing that level over and over again. So uh, like a story mode that just kind of like trip fed you more food would be really yeah. cool. I think it would kind of double as a good tutorial too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I need. I think I want to add something like that. The, the hope was to start working on like a story mode this week, but after letting other people play it, it's obvious I have a lot of like polish <laughs> and, and other things that I have to set up. Yeah. So... Was your strategy for making a demo to put it up on itch.io and kind of just broadcast out or how did you approach that? Yeah, I mean, that's all I did. I put it up on itch, which you actually get quite a few. You're going to get a lot of clicks just from itch, um, like the first couple days that it's up there. But after that, it kind of dies out because it's not on their like fresh list or anything anymore. Um, I made a post on a subreddit that is, um, I think it's called Play My Game or something like that. The entire point of the subreddit is just to advertise like a, a demo and have people play it. I only got, I think, like seven downloads from that. So... That's, I mean, that's that's decent, but I've, I think I've gotten about 200 downloads total, um, so only seven coming from Reddit's not that much. Um, yeah. I, I get a bit from my Twitter, but I don't have a massive Twitter following. I only have like 100 followers or something. 
Um, Screenshot Saturday is really useful. Definitely do that every Saturday if you can. But yeah, so I I didn't really have a marketing strategy for it. I don't really know how to do that. I need to learn because it's important. But yeah, I just want a good playable demo that I can show people and have them play. I don't know if like trying to get a publisher is something I'm ever going to be capable of or if that's what I want to do. But if I am going to do that, you kind of need a playable demo as well. Right. It just kind of seemed like the next natural step. I'm glad I did it because I learned a lot from the process and just about how like launching a game even works. Yeah. And honestly, 200 downloads, that seems like a lot to me. I was so. I was blown away by that number. I don't know if that's yeah. really good or not. I, I like I have no idea, but I saw that and yeah, that that made me feel really good. Made me really happy. I mean, I think on our Game Devs Quest uh itch page, we probably have 12 games or something, and I don't think any of them have hit over 50 downloads. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not really sure why people are downloading it because that's the thing is I've gotten, you know, 200 downloads or whatever, but I've only really talked to maybe four or five people, including you, who have actually played it. So yeah. I think a lot of people just turn it on and there's no way for me to tell if they are, you know, getting confused like you did the first time you played it and just never opening it again or if they think it's bad or if they love it. I have no idea. I have had people adding it to their collections on itch, which wasn't a concept. Like, I didn't know what that meant. It's almost kind of like a... It's almost like adding them to what your Steam library would be, except for on itch, most games are free. So I guess it's just kind of like that. That's kind of, that makes me feel like those people at least want to see where the game goes and want to keep playing it. Um, Yeah. I imagine. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of putting a watch on on your game or something. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, wishlisting it, I think. Um, Oh yeah, totally. Is is what I think it is. But yeah, so that, that kind of... Now I'm like in this weird spot where I almost want to message some of those people and just kind of be like, hey, you want to talk about this game for a minute? But I don't know if that would be because I'm thinking if I did that, if, if I wasn't into game development, if that if game development wasn't something I was interested in and some dude just like cold messaged me out of the blue, I'd be like, dude, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't I could know. see that. Yeah, I could see that being kind of both ways. Like some people would be like, wow, OK, spammer. And other people would be like. Oh, cool! The developer wants to like get my input. You know, some people really want to get involved in like the alpha stage of games and yeah, help influence the development. So I would say it wouldn't hurt to try. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? A guy on the internet thinks I'm weird. Like, right. <laughs> I've <laughs> yeah. already got a lot of that, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Cool. And you use Unity, right? Yep. Yeah, Unity okay. is the thing that I learned um, like five years ago. And I don't really, something that I get asked a lot is it seems like people come to my stream and try and get me to take sides in an argument on if Unity or Unreal or, or Mono Game or whatever is better. I don't really have yeah. any opinions on that. I learned Unity first. It seems to be good enough to do what I want to do, which is just make little bullshit games. Um, yeah. So I'm not going <laughs> to, I would rather spend my time making more games than learning a technology that may or may not be better. Cool. So you said you started five years ago. Uh, that was, I bet Unity's probably changed a decent amount since Oh, then. yeah, it changed a ton. It's it's way better yeah. now than it used to be. Do you remember what version you started on? Was it 4? That sounds very familiar, actually, but I don't know yeah. for sure. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it was, like, game development has been a thing I've always wanted to do, like, since I was a little kid. Um, I knew that going to school for game development isn't probably a great idea. I was kind of afraid to do that. So I went to college for just, like, general software engineering and got a job like I'm an Android developer is my day job right now. Um, and I like nice. it a lot. It's a it's a cool job and it lets me work on my games on nights and weekends. But like definitely the dream would be a like a solo indie developer. I think yeah. maybe that's awful. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
sounds familiar all of us here (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool though so for your job um are you doing strict like java stuff or are you using anything it's actually kotlin um oh that's right yeah which is kind of weird most android jobs do java but that was it was actually funny when i interviewed for the job which is almost two years ago now i didn't know what kotlin was like it wasn't that i didn't know kotlin i didn't know what that word meant um (laughs) so that interview was kind of funny but they hired me anyways (laughs) <laughs> nice yeah i've um i followed some guy on twitter who's like i don't know if he's part of the kotlin development team or what but i heard about it a long time ago and he was just always pushing it so it's, it's i always of, wanted to kind of check it out but it never did it's nice i I like it a lot um they have they have a lot of really cool concepts it seems like it's kind of gonna be the future of android development so if if you do want to get into developing for android that's probably the way to go when I started it, it wasn't even like an, an accepted language. You had to do all these weird hacks to even get it to work. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, but like now <laughs> it's officially supported by Google, which means they make their like horrible tutorials about how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's a hot that's my hot tip. Don't ever use a Google tutorial for anything. Yeah, they're so bad. When <laughs> I've tried to use it a couple times, and I just end up skipping it. Yeah, no. Look up literally any anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like an official supported language now, and it kind of has a lot of support. And uh, I think that a lot of Android jobs going forward are probably going to be Kotlin, not not Java, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, Since I have that is more, exciting. I have like more experience. Like the language has been official for a year, and I have two years of experience, which is almost like impossible. <laughs> So that's like, I'm happy. <laughs> You're like senior level with it. <laughs> compared to most other places. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. See, I've looked at Android development some just in general and part of me, like it's gets scared away because I don't really want to learn Java since mm-hmm. it feels like Java is like old and yeah, people don't like it. And you know, um, yeah. but I've looked at, since I know C Sharp, I've looked at Xamarin development, which uses C Sharp for Android development. Mm-hmm. I never really got deep into it, but I wonder, like, it's probably not as widespread using something like Xamarin since it doesn't use, like, a native language. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know, though. I don't, um, I, I mean, I look at Android jobs a bit just to see what's out there. I've never seen one for that. Everything okay. I see is either Kotlin or, or Java. Um, that's not gotcha. to say they don't exist, but they might. Right. That, that's actually, though, that kind of like brings up a good point. I was I listened to your, your guys' podcast last week with Maddykins and Manbeard. Um, they had a lot of really good insights on trying to get jobs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I agreed with almost everything they say uh, said. But um, that's kind of the, the one thing that I would almost be cautious about. You don't necessarily need to know the, the language or the tech for the job that you're interviewing for, especially as like a junior developer. Like I said, I didn't know Kotlin existed, and I still got a job for doing Kotlin. Um, what I did, what worked for me, and again, this is just me, so I don't know if this is a good idea for everyone, but yeah. I went into the interview with, like, here's 20 things I've made. Some of them are games. One's a website. One is, like, an app I've made. Just just as much stuff as I could possibly uh, pack into, like, one portfolio to the point that at one point in the interview, they kind of made me stop talking about things that I had done. <laughs> They're like, okay, that's nice. You can you can, you can can leave it. Um, so, like, what that did, and I think Manbeard alluded to this last week, or maybe it was Maddykins, but it didn't really show that I knew how to do Android development, which is true because I didn't know how to do it. But it did show that I knew how to learn things. Right. And that's what the people actually care about when getting a, 
a junior developer. They don't, they don't like, they're going to train you anyways. And even if you do know how to do something, they're going to assume that, you know, the wrong way to do it and have to retrain you anyways. <laughs> so if you can just yeah. show them, Hey, no, I can pick things up. Look at all these weird things I've picked up. They're going to be, they're going to be happy about it. So I, that, that's kind of like my two cents on that subject that I brought up myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. And I mean, honestly, every time I have people like you and Maddie and Manbeard games on, and I get to talk to them about their profession, which is software development, I'm always kind of like licking my chops because I'm not in software development, but I'd like to transition to that. So yeah, having, having that advice is super beneficial to me and hopefully for everyone listening too. But yeah, I kind of wish I had advice similar to that when I was because right before I graduated from college, you know, I was very worried, just like I'm assume everyone is that what if I don't get a job? Like what if I get my first student loan payment and I don't have a job yet? Um, right. it, it is a scary thing for sure. But if you if you can go in an interview and just show things that you have done, I think that a lot of people assume that you need more knowledge than you need. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, every place is different, right? I work at a startup, so they put I, – I work with a ton of guys that don't even have degrees. I would say most people I work with don't have degrees. Um, right. But that's a startup. It's not like a corporation or anything. But yeah, I – I think that a lot of people kind of just need to take the plunge and just just try it. Try to try to do an interview. Like I think you'd be surprised how many places will hire someone, despite not having a school education, despite not having like here's an example of me making exactly what you make. I, it just doesn't matter a whole lot in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting too, because I keep hearing that from pretty much everybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and I've always been someone who's like, I feel like to even apply for something i have to basically be a master at it you know mm -hmm. and that's i think that's just the opposite of what's true um like i have a friend at work who is essentially a senior senior software engineer and we were talking about some of this stuff too and he was basically saying like you know i basically like i'm not super even passionate about doing any of this stuff like i'm not going home and studying like all this you know every piece of a framework or whatever like i basically will learn what I need to do just to get my job done. And then I forget about it. And the next time I come back to it, it's like, yeah, I kind of remember what I did, but I still have to kind of look it all up again. Oh, so, yeah. I, I think there's like a misconception that professional programmers don't use Google. <laughs> and that is <laughs> right? so untrue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's most of my, most of my day has been Googling things. <laughs> yeah. So like what percentage of your projects have like stack overflow answers in them. Uh, most, I, yeah. I almost all, I, I don't think that there is a, I, I, I bet you that there's not an app in production that doesn't like, that's, that's just how it works. I think there's actually a few places in our app that we actually, in the code we have, like, if this is confusing to you, go to this URL and it'll be to the stack overflow page that we oh, that's got awesome. from. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, it's it's a lot, and I mean, kind of like your friend said too. Like it, it doesn't. There are people at at that very high end of companies. My my direct boss is one of those guys who he goes home and he watches talks about Kotlin. He gives talks on Kotlin. He lives, breathe, and breathes and sleeps it, which is good. But he's at like the top of his career doing that. When we're looking to hire a junior developer, we don't we don't need that, and we might not even want that. We just want someone who is like interested and excited about coding. Like that's that's yeah. it. And that's that's really all that we look for, and that's enough. Like we know we're gonna have to teach you our ways anyway, so it doesn't it doesn't matter what you know. If you're just excited and you seem like you're capable of picking things up pretty quickly, like hired. That's that's all we need. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, I think that's probably reassuring to a lot of people listening. So yeah, yeah, because I was like you before I started looking for a job. I assumed that like you hear all these nightmare stories about coding interviews and stuff like that. I didn't even have a coding interview. I don't know if like I, I well from what I hear, a lot of companies are going away from that. I don't know if that's true. I haven't really been interviewing at a ton of places. I've interviewed twice, and neither one of them tried to ask me code questions. They just talked to me for a bit, and both offered oh, me a really? job. So, so they didn't like you know do the the technical interview where you're like whiteboarding the whole time and stuff. No, I, I think that it happens a lot more if you're looking for a mid level or senior position. But yeah. I think for a junior developer, they don't. I mean, they know what you know, which is nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So was your first position, was it advertised as a junior developer position? Yep. Yeah, it was advertised. Um, they, and especially at the time, since they knew that, no, they weren't going to find someone with Kotlin experience, right? Because it wasn't yeah. really even an official language. So they didn't really care about if I knew what Kotlin was or not. It was a junior Android developer um, coming in and talk to us. And yeah, it, it went well for me. That, which brings me to my next tip. If you're interviewing at a startup, don't wear a suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird yeah. if you do because <laughs> you're the only guy in the room with a suit <laughs> exactly yeah it's almost probably and i knew i knew before like i was sitting there the morning of my interview looking at my suit and looking at normal clothes which is like a hoodie and just being like i should really just wear the hoodie but man if i get there and i lose this job because i didn't put on the suit i'll be so mad at myself so i wore right. the suit and then it, like fast forward to me having lunch with the rest of the team that I was going to end up working with and we're like, we're at the sushi place and they're just all in hoodies and like shorts and I'm in a suit just like, please, please <laughs> let me join your team. <laughs> yeah. It's like from an outside observer, you totally look like the guy who's not part of the group yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I looked like the boss, honestly. Like I looked like I was oh, the manager. Like these are my underlings. Awesome. I brought them to sushi. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, just out of curiosity, and you don't have to answer it, Has have you progressed outside of a junior developer position yeah. at this point? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah. I'm, I think I'm just considered an Android engineer. Um, it took it took me like nine months or so, and they promoted me. Nice. I don't know. Like, you know, I work at a startup. We only have like 30 employees, so I don't really know if that's like a good base for most jobs, but that's what happened here. <laughs> Yeah, like my understanding with junior roles is it it kind of typically works like that. It's like you're almost on like a like a temporary track at first. It's like they're testing to see if you can do it or not, and then yeah. it's like you either get promoted or you probably are going to get let go. Yeah, the vibe I get at least. Yeah, I could see that. We we've never had to do that at my company specifically, but I I could see it. I could see that yeah. being a thing that could happen. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> Well, thanks for going down that road. It's always yeah. beneficial to hear. I, yeah, I always like talking about it just because I know that I wish more people would have talked to me about it before I started looking for jobs and stuff. Um, it can be yeah. pretty reassuring to understand that it's it's not as scary as it sounds. It's right. It's actually pretty chill in most places that I know of. Yeah, I like I always get super stressed when I'm thinking about interviews and all that kind of stuff. And typically, it's like you get through the first five minutes and then. You're just talking to normal people. Yeah, like, yeah they're no just people. No one really cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool, man. So, what what are you playing right now? What what kind of games are helping you? Uh, I guess you already talked about uh, over. Is it Overcooked? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I play that. I I me and my girlfriend play that a lot. Um, not oh, recently because okay. we beat it, but we like that game. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am playing Red Dead Redemption 2 right now. I just have a soft spot for nice. those games. It's funny, I actually hate Rockstar games, like, in general. Uh, I don't yeah. like any of them, but the, the Cowboy <laughs> Simulator I've always been into. I don't really know why. Um, nice. So I am playing that. I, I try to play a lot of different things, though, just because, like, you're not going to learn anything from, a, from, like, an indie dev perspective by playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, there's right. there's nothing there for you to take away from. It's It was a game made by a thousand super talented people over the course of ten years. There's not a single system in that game that you're going to be able to make as good as they did. It just isn't happening. Right. So I always yeah. try to play a lot of indie games um, on itch. I've actually been... I picked Rocket League back up recently, which I wish I wouldn't nice. have. But I've been playing <laughs> that a bit. And then, of course, I'm going to play Smash Bros. when it comes out on their early December... Actually, I think it comes out the same day as the new Path of Exile expansion, which is going to be a bummer for me. I don't oh, know. yeah. I'm going to have two monitors just play both at once. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that, that Path of Exile is like your absolute jam. Yeah, it's it's my that's that is my favorite game of all time, for sure. Oh, dang. I have like 2000 hours in it. <laughs> I wish I would stop, but I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> So are you putting so much time into it because of the whole like seasons thing or whatever it is? Yeah, basically they have a really cool system where every four months or so a new league starts, kind of like a season, and um, they always have like new mechanics and new expansion, and then they start the economy over so you can kind of start from the beginning again, which I think a lot of people to that, that that's kind of lame to them, but I love the like fresh start. Um, I always just play the hell out of it the first like month that it's out and then kind of drop off. And then, yeah. like, get into other things, and then a new season will come out three months later, and I'll go at it again. Yeah, I played it a lot when it first came out, but I don't think they had the whole season or league thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, I mean... Definitely that, a good game. That game's been out for, like, ten years, right? Like, it's super... Yeah. It's just always been there, and it just kind of keeps getting better. And Diablo doesn't seem like they want to compete, so it, it's just gonna... Yeah. Well, that's what that was the reason I started playing it, was I had a couple friends who... Like we're really big into Diablo, and they wanted to find a game that was kind of like Diablo, and it's like, hey, this Path of Exile game actually does Diablo, and maybe even like better than the current Diablos, you know? Yeah. And it's free. It's yeah, like, yeah. I I do think I wonder how much of them like doing going the mobile route, and it it seems like they don't really. I mean, I, I've heard rumors. I've seen rumors that they are still working on Diablo Four, and that's a thing. But I yeah. I do wonder how much of their decision to not really focus on that is in part because of Path of Exile, which I know kind of sounds silly because like it's Blizzard versus a little company in New Zealand, but <laughs> they have this thing going for them. And it's the same thing that kept World of Warcraft. The, the reason World of Warcraft is still such a dominating game, despite being out for as long as it is, is because when you've been out for that long and you just keep adding content to your game, how in the hell can you possibly compete with that? There have been yeah. so many MMOs that have come out that are like objectively better games <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you can rush through all content in a weekend and then you get mad because there's nothing else to do and you go back to World of Warcraft. And that's right. not like – you can't pass that. It's just they're going to keep adding more stuff to it. You're not going to be able to pass them ever because they have a 10-year head start on you. And I kind of wonder how much – like Path of Exile is kind of starting to get that on Diablo. Um, the first version of Diablo 4 isn't going to have as much content as Path of Exile. It, it can't. Like they just haven't right. had the time to do it. So I wonder if not making the game is actually better for them than making a game that, like, what if the internet kind of turns on them and decides they would rather play Path of Exile? That would be really bad for them. Um, yeah. Which, it drives well, me... That... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I was listening to Coffee with Butterscotch, and they are talking about the 20-year anniversary of Half-Life. Um, oh, yeah. And 
apparently Gabe Newell has basically said like we're not going to be doing Half-Life 3 because it's never going to be as good as what people want it to be and so there's also that to think about in terms of like killing a franchise and I'm always somebody who's kind of I feel like with movies and with games and stuff do one or a couple and then be done I hate I hate that everything just continues to get rehashed over and over and over yeah I think there's a time and place for just calling it quits so I miss I miss being able to go to a movie and watching a complete adventure in two hours like that has a beginning and end because that doesn't happen yeah. anymore like I know everything's a setup I, I watched the the new Harry Potter movie the other day and I really liked the first fantastic piece and the second one was okay but it kind of like it's very clear the entire movie is a setup for the next one like the entire yeah. movie is and it's like it you kind of just leave the theater being like okay well I guess I can't wait for two years from now like <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, but I get yeah, tired of that. I'm, I'm with you and on that. My wife was telling me yesterday that they're coming in, coming out with a new Les Mis like oh, really? musical, which I didn't even watch the first one because I don't really like musicals, but it seems like that was like a classic that was just this one thing, and now they're making a sequel? <laughs> like, what? I mean, people will go see it. I mean, because right? oh, yeah, that's, that's all sure. that actually matters is the guy at the end of the road, it's a dude who wants to make money, and... If he thinks that people will pay to see that movie, he's going to make it a hundred more times. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. I know. That's what's kind of the sad part. And that's why I feel like, like with all the Call of Duties and stuff, they're never going to stop making those. Like, I mean, yeah, there's no real reason to. And I know that every time a Call of Duty comes out, like a lot of the internet gets really mad that they have these like bad loot box practices or that it's just like kind of the same game rehashed. But for every person who's complaining on the internet about it, there's a 10,000 people who don't care and they're just going to buy Call of Duty every year and that's all that they do. Right. And yeah. I, th- I think that's I think that's fine. I mean, they have an audience. I'm I'm not really going to be interested in any of the new Call of Duties probably, but that's okay. I don't I don't have to be. Every every game doesn't have to appeal to just me or just to like just to gamers, right? Like right. I know people who buy who have bought an Xbox 1 and then they have they pay for Xbox Live, and then they have a bunch of controllers, and then they buy the Call of Duty season pass every year it comes out, and that's all that they do. That's like that's their call that's their COD box is what I always call it. Like <laughs> that is what the purpose of that machine is. And that's I mean that's fine. That's what they like to do. Um yeah. but yeah, it is it is crazy. I, I do wonder if they like clearly they would make a better game if they only put one out every two or three years, but I wonder I wonder how that would change sales. It would it would probably yeah. hurt them, honestly. Well, and I think part of it, though, is just because we're really in like a multiplayer era where mo- like it almost feels like most games, their core game is the multiplayer. Yeah. You know? so I mean, like, the new Call of Duty doesn't even have a campaign. So. Oh, really? Yeah, they took it out. Oh, geez. It See, has... and that's the thing. I, I bet you people just in the, the last several versions, they just got most people didn't play a single player. Yeah. I mean, they you don't know? care. They they have zombies. They have mul- the multiplayer and they have a battle royale mode. What else do you need? Like, yeah. <laughs> their, their customers don't care they lost a few sales by not having a campaign mode i'm sure but not enough to matter not enough to right. like they don't care they're gonna make that back by having loot boxes so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's crazy so what else are you playing you said uh um i mean i've just haven't been playing a ton of games recently that's mostly it i, I bought this house that's it's like 120 years old so it's um got a lot of work to be done to it <laughs> um for some reason i was under this weird pretense that once i moved in my like my work would be done but oh my god no 
Like <laughs> pretty much every weekend is just a construction project for me. And then I work on my game in my free time, which there's not a lot of. So I keep yeah. getting in this position where it's like, well, I could play a game or I could like keep making mine. And honestly, I, I like making games more than playing them. So yeah, it's kind of what I do. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's hard to, well, it's hard to justify, especially when you look back at like the time you've played, you know, mm-hmm. like I've been gushing about shadow tactics on the podcast um, <laughs> yeah. and like, it's not like I've really even put that much time into it, but it's definitely like 35 hours. Yeah. And think of how much further your logging game would be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I say it because I care. <laughs> I know. Yeah, someday I might get back to it. It's mm-hmm. not in the cards right now. That's I don't fine. Know. I mean, you got to do like you got to do what makes you happy. If you're not feeling a project, I feel like there's this. There's a name for it too. Is it sunk cost fallacy? I feel like if oh, you get yeah. invested in a in a project, you think that you need to keep working on it, and I think that's what a lot of people like. People keep bringing up the RTS with me, and I'm just always like, you know, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not like I could I could come up here and be miserable and force myself to work on it, but. If I'm not having fun working on it and I don't want to work on it, it's not even going to be good work that I do. So, like, I would much... Plus, I'm going to be miserable. I'd be much happier just working on my cooking game if that's what I want to do that day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important. Like, you got to... That's that's kind of the thing that indie devs have on AAA Studios, right? Is they want to be doing it. They're having a lot of fun doing it. So, it's important yeah. to keep that in mind, I think. Yeah. And, and I think that is kind of a luxury that we as, like, hobbyist game developers have. Because for a while there, and this is part of the reason I think I got burnt out, was I was forcing myself to continue to do it, to work mm-hmm. on it, because I wanted to sell it, you know? Yeah. And eventually it was just like, I'm not doing this anymore because I like doing it. I'm doing it because I want to sell it, which makes it feel like a job, which makes it less fun to, to do. So Yeah, and I know that I'm kind of like spoiled in the sense that I you know, I have a software engineering job. It it pays well. I'm I'm fine with that. This is just a hobby I do. But it scares me a lot when I see people talk about like wanting to do indie game development and that's that's the thing they want to do and they wanna use all their savings to take a year to make a game. If I can just make one game that sells, I'll be fine. And that it just terrifies me because most games don't sell. Most games don't do well at all. There's so many facets to it above even making a good game. You can make a good game. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Sometimes, like if, if the right person doesn't pick it up, it doesn't matter. Um, right. But yeah, you just you just gotta be having fun with what you're doing, and don't like. I don't think you're gonna make a good game if you're sitting there saying, "If I make this game out, my life will be better." And I just I don't think that that's usually gonna make a good game. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions, but yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's just. I mean, the situation puts you in a lot of pressure. Yeah. And oh so yeah. Then you're not going to be having fun, which again goes back to your point. If you're not having fun, you're probably not making a quality game. Yeah. So. Also, if you're not having fun, why are you doing this? Like, right. I don't, I don't, <laughs> if, if, if you don't, if what you're doing isn't fun for you, like this isn't, there are, there are easier ways to make money. There are so many yeah. easier ways to make money with less time investment. Just go do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of why I've recently focused less on, you know, making indie game dev my life goal you know mm-hmm. like since i kind of got burned out i took a step back and now i'm just kind of playing or making games when i want to yeah. and the other time focusing on developing skills that could get me a software engineering job and 
it's much easier to just get a job as a software developer than it is to be a successful indie game developer. Oh, it's a billion times easier, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I, I love indie games. That's definitely what I want to do with my life. That's what I spend most of my time on. But that's because I got myself in a situation where I can do that. When I was yeah. in when I was in college and trying to get you know trying to get a job and doing interviews, I wasn't making indie games because I didn't have time to. I had I was trying to get myself in a better position so I could get out of the horrible place that I was living in, and I did that. I'm done. So now you know I, I'm allowed to spend time doing indie game dev as much as I want because everything else is set. I know I'm super spoiled and lucky in that that aspect, but I really I promise you guys I'm not that smart. I just am not. Um, so if I can do it, I, I think that most people can, you know, I went, I went the school route, but I don't think that's the only route to go. I, I work with a ton of people who've never gone to school and they make more money than me. So, yeah, I think, I mean, we're in an age where education, like formal education probably matters the least that it has maybe ever in this profession, at least for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just with the internet, it's like, you can pretty much learn anything you want to at any given time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never had any formal teaching for game dev stuff. Like, I knew how to program, but I was never taught C Sharp. I taught myself that using YouTube videos and same thing with Unity. And I can make okay games, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty okay. <laughs> they're okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The the imposter syndrome thing is super real, right? Like that's oh, always yeah. a thing. You look at other people's posts for Screenshot Saturday and you're like, oh man, that guy's so much better at art than me or something. like his game's just such a better idea than mine. And I don't know, you kind of just got to block that stuff out and kind of treat it like you're just part of a community. And if you're only level one in that community, that's fine. You can, you're, you'll get there eventually. You just got to keep grinding, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So speaking of art though, you you chose the voxel route, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about voxel art? Sure. My secret to voxel art is that I'm not a I'm not a good artist. <laughs> but I used to uh, I used to make things in Minecraft when I was a kid. So oh, nice. uh, I actually don't like voxel art at all. I just don't really <laughs> like it. I'm probably not the guy you want to talk to for that. It was the easiest way for me to make a 3D game, and that's I wanted to make a 3D game. So that's why I did it. You really just got to use whatever whatever you can, whatever's going to work well for your game or whatever skills you do have. The thing that drives me crazy, though, and you see this all the time, is you see so many in, like people who want to be indie game devs talk about how they're not, you know, if, if only I was an artist or if only I could hire an artist or if only if my roommate was an artist, I would be set. And it's like, I'm not good at art, but I used to not be good at programming either. And I just kept doing it till I was good. So... That's kind of what I'm doing with art. I'm just going to keep doing it, and eventually I won't be the worst at it. And that's really all you need. You just you don't need a good-looking game, although I get comments that my game looks nice, and I don't – like me and my girlfriend read them together, and we're both just like, I don't know what they're talking about. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I just I, – I hate when I hear people say as an excuse, like, well, I can't make music. I can't make art. It's like, well, of course you can't. You've never done it. Like – yeah. Why? Why? Like you also didn't used to know how to program. You also didn't know how to do anything. Like you kind of have to do things repeatedly until you, until you get better at them. That's the whole point. So I, I like having control of my projects. I like doing things kind of solo. So I'm gonna keep doing pixel art. I'm gonna keep doing voxel art in my spare time. Um, and if people think it looks nice, that's that's fine. But if they don't, I don't really care. I, if the gameplay is solid, I, I like games that have bad graphics that have good gameplay. I can totally yeah. see past that. So hopefully some other people can too. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the appeal of an indie game. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I mean, I've, I started hitting pixel art really hard. And part of the reason I chose that was thinking, well, you know, it's basically like paint 
it's not like it's a very simple tool or whatever to be able to do this and it, i think it's the same with voxel art so. yeah yeah it's almost like it's at some part it's almost like just patterns in geometry like it's not even i'm not doing things because i think it looks good i'm doing things to make it look even <laughs> like and yeah. it, it, it kind of works <laughs> out but um, yeah you're you're really good at pixel art you should definitely keep doing that were you have you always kind of been good at art or is this just a thing that you kept doing <laughs> Well, first off, thanks for the compliment. Uh, <laughs> but no, I've never done anything artistic, unless you count music. I I did a lot of music growing up, but mm. um, no, never, never drew, never anything really. So I just kind of, I did a couple series, YouTube series when I first started game development and I just kind of ran with it. So yeah, watch, yeah, watching your streams where you did pixel art was kind of super helpful to me because this is going to sound like a mean thing to say, but I promise it's not coming from there. You are like, you can almost tell that you don't know what you're doing, but you still are capable of making this awesome looking deer by just looking at other deer and looking at like how they move. And it's crazy that at the end, it looks as great as it does because like, like if you watch someone who's actually super good at art, it's not even useful to watch them because they just, well, I put this pixel here because of course you do. That's how it looks good. And, and it's yeah. like they're going off instinct so much that it doesn't even doesn't even help to watch. But you, it's like I can watch you struggle <laughs> through a deer for two and a half hours. But at the end, oh, my God, that deer is great looking. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Hopefully Thank those you, come across as compliments. <laughs> no, that totally is. And, and it. It's true. Like when I start drawing something, I feel like I have to relearn how to draw every single time I do it. Like, yeah, no, I, it's I feel inspiring. Like just, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I guess if people are patient, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, uh, I like it. Maybe I'll go back and watch it on double speed. But yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> um, it kind of shows that yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I don't know. I can kind of tell when watching you that you didn't grow up drawing, but you're still capable of making these really good pieces of art because you just work at it. And that's all yeah. that it takes. That's all you have to do. If you right. if you spend five hours on a pixel art of a rabbit, eventually it's going to look good. You just got to keep going at it till it is good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Look at your uh, example images or whatever mm -hmm. and just try and mimic them as best you can. And it'll look like garbage for like 99% of the time and then it'll click. Yeah. So, yeah. I I think that whole conversation is kind of like the point of this podcast and this community though, is that like, and you said it too. One of our taglines is if we can do it, you can too. And you said those words earlier. <laughs> uh, so like, that's it. You just got to put the time in and it doesn't yeah. matter if it's game dev or if it's, I don't know, bowling. Like you just got to, yeah, you just got to put the time in, and you'll get there. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I've there's, I've, I don't know if some people are just born certain ways. I've never been naturally good at anything I do, like literally nothing. But eventually, <laughs> I can be okay at it. You just got to let me yeah. keep going at it, and you just yeah. got to actively try and get better. You know, don't just, don't just pound your head against the wall repeatedly. If you, if you see something not working, if you see a part of your game you don't like, take a day to learn how to be better at that specific thing. Cookie, who always watches my stream, was making fun of me for weeks because I was doing the way I was doing UI in my game was stupid and it was horrible and painstaking. But I knew how to do it. It was my comfort zone. So I just kept doing it that way. And after just making fun of me over and over and over again, I was finally like, okay, you know what? Let's take a day. Let's take a day. Let's learn how the UI system works in Unity. And now, like, I can actually just whip up UIs pretty quickly because I took a day to learn it. I wouldn't be yeah. capable of doing a Ludum Dare game if it wasn't for that. Um, so like, I know that sometimes you want to just keep progressing forward, but 
if if you can recognize that you're doing something wrong, get like try to get better at that specific thing. That's how that's not just game dev. That's how getting good at a hobby works. That's that's how right. everything works. Well, and I think that's a, a good thing to consider, especially when you're talking about selling a game when you're pretty new to the craft. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't really know how UI works and your goal is to sell something, like you probably shouldn't be selling the product of not knowing how to do UI. Like right, take yeah. the time to, to learn it. Like it's great that you have the, a project that you're making that's uh, giving you a lot of like opportunities to learn how to do different things. But I don't know if that really needs to turn into something that's sold. I mean, maybe it will, but... I think that the biggest problem with people trying to like do the indie game thing, and this happens so often, I'm sure you see it a lot, is that most people, they, they play Red Dead Redemption, they really like the game, they want to, I want to make one of those, and then they start trying to learn, and they start trying to learn by making Red Dead Redemption. And it's like, just don't. <laughs> the first <laughs> game I ever made was Galaga. It was a worse version of a game that's like 20 years old. And that was what I learned. I got so good at Unity by learning how to make this stupid little ship go back and forward. It took me, <laughs> it took me a month to get him to move, but I got it eventually. Another tip for sure is like, play other indie games. I, like, I have a friend who's kind of into indie games, but he, he doesn't play indie games. Like, he never, he never plays them, but he, he always wants to talk about making them. And it's like, you kind of got to know what other people are capable of so that you can gauge what is even possible to do, right? Like yeah. if you're only playing AAA games, you're not going to know what you are even capable of doing because you're not going to like if you don't know anything about game dev. And I used to not, I you know, I'd look at a game that I like and be like, I could make that. Sure, why not? Like, and that's just <laughs> not how it works. Go like the best thing you can do for yourself: take a day, go on itch, go on Steam, probably itch though, and just look at all the stupid free little demos. Like it doesn't have to be my game. Any game on there, play it and just see what other people are capable of making. And you're gonna you're gonna be surprised at first that they're kind of small. But once you get that in your head that that's the size of a game that one person's capable of making on weekends, and like that's you're gonna know what you should be aiming for. Um, it it kills me when I see people get frustrated that they try to make a hundred percent science based dragon MMO like day one in Unity <laughs> and it doesn't work out. Like make make such a tiny game and then like make it even smaller than what you imagine and then you have a finished game you're going to learn about ui you're going to learn about saving you're going to learn about putting a game up and letting people download it you're going to learn a ton of stuff when i put my frank's kitchen game up i forgot to put the file up it was an empty folder that you could download like (laughs) i won't be doing that again but yeah that was a mistake i made could you imagine if i was trying to actually launch a big game that i'd spent 10 years on like that would have been a disaster (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but because I just made a quick little game and only had gotten one download and that dude was nice enough to message me and be like, hey, there's nothing here. I fixed it and almost no one noticed. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point going back to just like making simple games. And um, everyone listening knows that I am a big fan of Chris Delion and Gamkito. And when I the very first game I ever made was from a free course that he launched on Udemy which was making Pong with JavaScript. Oh, yeah. Even that, like for someone who's never made a game or made something like animate on a screen, it felt so awesome to be able to do that. And then as you kind of progress, he has a like a sequel course to it. You start making other small variations of these like common games that you would have played. Like the next one was Brick Breaker. Mm -hmm. And then there was like a little dungeon crawler game. But I would say if you're new to game development, it's a good idea to just rehash 
things that have already been made because you don't have to reinvent the mechanics. You oh, know yeah. what it's supposed to feel like. And that was something I found really challenging in my game was like I wasn't really going off of a mechanic that has been fleshed out and made before necessarily. Yeah. I was just kind of like winging it and doing what I thought felt right. And then, you know, probably three months in, I was like, shoot, these mechanics feel really clunky. So yeah. I'm going to have to redo this a little bit. And it ends up just being a lot of work. And I don't know, who knows what other people, like how they think it feels. It might feel terrible. And you spend all this time trying to perfect it when you could have just made something that everyone knows about, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's a great point too, because like there's two parts of making a game, right? You have to, you have to know how to technically make a game in unity and programming and art and everything, but you also have to be able to make it fun. And those are two completely different things. If you're cloning Pong, you know what Pong should feel like, you know what you're going for. If you make it and it doesn't feel like Pong, you know, you messed up. Like, whereas if you're just making a game that you invented in your head and at the end, it kind of doesn't feel fun. You have no idea if it's just a bad idea or if it just, you you aren't like the gameplay isn't quick enough. The gameplay isn't like uh, uh, sharp enough or something like that. Right. There's no way to tell. So you, I a hundred percent agree. You should definitely try and make Pong first and then make brick breaker after that, because even just thinking about doing it right now, I think you'd be blown away the amount of things that you have to learn to go from Pong to brick breaker. Like that's, I know they seem like two tiny games, but Brick Breaker is going to be a hundred times more complicated than Pong, even though right. it's essentially the same game. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely make make little things like that and make a bunch of them and just keep making different things. Don't, you know, keep that dream project you have in your head and just keep it in your head. The worst thing you can do is try to make it day one and then ruin the idea for yourself, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, we're getting pretty close to the end of the time. Is there anything, any last topics you want to touch on before we start to wrap up uh, uh anything about like the future of ghost goats games <laughs> uh yeah sure uh, let me I'll, I'll take the um i'll take the time to talk about myself for a bit uh <laughs> um if, if people are wondering i have definitely been streaming a lot less recently and i think that uh, taylor can probably attest to this it is a lot of work to stream on a schedule it's it's, it's a ton of work and it takes a ton of time and sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. And the worst thing that you can do is force yourself to stream if you're not, if you're not feeling up to it. I have never yeah. been, I have never intended to make a living off of Twitch. That's never really been a thing I've wanted to do. I want to do game development. And sometimes it's helpful for me to stream game development because people will give me tips. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really need to stream to, like, I, I don't want to be a successful streamer. I mean, I guess it'd be cool, but that's never really been my thing. That's why I don't have a schedule. That's why I'm never going to have a solid schedule. I'm going to stream game development when I'm working on my game and it feels like the right time to do it. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to worry about that. That's going to make less people subscribe to me and follow me on Twitch, but uh, I don't really care. I'm not trying to be, this isn't Twitch stream quest. This is game dev quest. So, um, so yeah, that's, and that's kind of, I don't know if I would call it advice because I don't know if I'm in a position to give advice, but like, I think that a lot of people um, feel like they need to have a really solid schedule to be a streamer. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to. I mean, it's nice. It's, it's proven to make you a better streamer. But if you don't care about being a good streamer, then, you know, just stream when you want to. You know, just, you, just don't worry about it. Just chill. Just chill, Taylor. Just chill. That, wasn't, that <laughs> yeah, didn't dude. start off as being directed at you, but man, did it finish that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. I take it. And yeah, like my approach was the exact opposite, and you were still right. So, 
I mean, you definitely like, I mean, what you were doing is a great way to get people watching for sure. Like, you know, stream, yeah. stream four days a week, three days a week at the same time, every night, work on the same project that people like, you're going to get 15, 20 viewers as a game dev streamer, but it doesn't like, it doesn't matter if you, if you're not having fun, like 20, yeah. 20 viewers, isn't going to pay the bills like ever. Yeah, so. right. I know. <laughs> yeah i think that's good advice though and i like your punk rock attitude because yeah. i remember going into your stream and it was basically like just your face like in this bot you know center of the bottom of the screen you're just like i don't care i don't need that like overlay garbage oh yeah i mean <laughs> i don't I, know if you've changed since then no but... it's still just that it's still just that nice. i, love I it. don't want to make a good overlay i don't care i if, if, <laughs> if i if it takes me an hour to do i would much rather spend that hour making like working on my game this yeah. is where me and manbeard have completely different life philosophies and i think it's super <laughs> apparent i admire how hard he gets in like when he does something he does it at his quality level which is an incredible level of quality i can't do that i just literally can't force myself to do that so i'm not gonna i'm gonna put my face on the screen <laughs> And hit the play button. <laughs> like, that's that's me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> well, I do miss watching your streams because every time I like would raid you or host you, I always got a, a good lip service from you. <laughs> I was running out of I was running out of gimmicks to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was uh, I was going through some of my pictures on my phone yesterday because I just ordered a Pixel Three, which I'm stoked about. Woo. Um, but I saw a screenshot from your stream where you had like the, uh, <laughs> what is it called? Like the triangle. The, the pyramid eye. scheme. Yeah. You're, yeah. You were talking about like how I've like duped everyone or something. The game Dev's was... Quest is or maybe is a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I was greeted with every time. So I, I totally miss that. But Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like the... Hopefully we get back to that one day. I like the having multiple people streaming. Um, it doesn't make me feel like I have to stream more, which it kind of does sometimes. <laughs> but um, I get over it and just do what I want. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I do want to get back to streaming occasionally. Um, for me, it was exactly just burnout. Oh, yeah. You know? Streaming I... is so much work. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that just having yeah. the energy to talk out loud and not be a dick to people like you know how hard right. it is and not for me to not be a jerk to people like <laughs> i can't even give you a compliment without ragging on your pixel horse pixel deer <laughs> but like it's it's exhausting so if, if i don't feel like doing it i'm not going to do it that day and if i feel like doing it i will and then people can watch if they want yeah but yeah i mean that's 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 my homework for you man just stream one day just stream for like an hour don't even who yeah. cares what you're doing don't if you don't want to work in a locking game don't work on it make a make a pixel ghost goat like yeah and then i'll use it for free <laughs> oh there you go i'm contracting right. you currently <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i really need is a hamburger pixel no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you make it a veggie burger i'll do it for you okay yeah yeah we're at yeah. that I know you said you added vegan options. I, I added salad. <laughs> Will you name it after me? What? The salad? The ve the vegan option. The vegan option? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I got to find a way to do it for sure. Yeah. Taylor's veggie burger, maybe. I'll find something. I still got to make a grape for my ridiculous bet with Maddykin, so. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that. I haven't paid off on that yet. Yeah, that was great. Was that my strategy was join Game Devs Quest. Oh, there's a guy who a lot of people seem to follow. I'm going to challenge him. <laughs> yeah. 
It was it was a solid PR move. <laughs> was that for the the Ludum that you guys both like? Like you uh, scored a hundred or whatever, and he was twentieth. Uh, no, that was so. The, he got twenty third, but it was actually my first Ludum Dare, which was my fish game, which is an awful game. But oh, it got like three hundred fiftieth. I knew I wasn't even going to be close to beating him. Like I knew that for sure. I'm kind of okay. sad he didn't do. I mean, he probably still would have beat me because that dude's insane at game jams and game development yeah. in general. But I'm I'm kind of sad he didn't do one the 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 time that i got 120th or whatever he didn't go yeah. so i'm counting that as a victory so we're tied up <laughs> yeah <laughs> one one <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it is <laughs> nice uh yeah are you are you planning on doing the next ludum yeah i mean it's next weekend so oh snap yeah i'm pretty sure that i'm going to but i mean just giving an entire weekend to like game dev nonstop. You just, I, I'm never going to know. If I just don't feel like doing it, I won't. And that sucks because Ludum Dare is my literal favorite thing to do in the world. But <laughs> if I'm, if I'm like burnt out from work or something, then I won't. But I, I, I feel pretty strong that I'm going to. Nice. Well, see, maybe we can all start streaming for LD this time. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, the last few Ludum Dares I streamed 100% of my progress on. And holy shit, is that a lot of work? I don't, I, I feel like I'm going to do it again though, just because. I don't think I trust myself to keep going if I don't. So <laughs> maybe maybe I'll use that as a horrible tool. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, cool, man. We are probably at the end of the time. Do sure. you want to shout out your stuff, how people can get a hold of you, where they can play your games? Yeah, sure. Um, Ghost Goats, most places. Uh, I'm in the um, Gabe Devs Quest Discord. It's really the only Discord I'm in. Um, you can see me on Twitter, at Ghost Goats. On Twitch, I think it's at Ghost Ghost Games. Um, and then on itch, if you search ghost goats or if you search the word Frank's kitchen, you can play the demo that I've been talking about. Yeah, that's everywhere I am. Awesome. Well, cool, dude. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. A lot of fun having you on and uh, really happy you're part of the community. I I was also looking back at our conversation history and you were one of the only people who helped me uh, lay down a ban hammer, it sounds like. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. We've had like two bands ever in game devs quest and and you i brought well i brought one of them here immediately so oh that's right yeah <laughs> i started streaming and there was this kid who was watching me who was a little bit he was a little bit off for sure and then he yeah. um he like someone else asked for the discord and i was like god damn it so i just posted <laughs> it and i was like i really hope that one guy doesn't join sure enough immediately joins immediately needs to get banned <laughs> right yeah so that's times. my contribution well. to the community yeah, you hang around some real real good dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me and my gang of ruffians. Right. <laughs> Scallywags. Uh cool man. Alright, well everyone out there, you guys can hit us up on Twitter at GameDevsQuest. You can email us gdq at airpodcast.com. Join our Discord, bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. And if you want to pick up a sweet humble bundle, go to bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble, get hooked up. That's all the time we got. So thanks, guys. Hope you all have a good week. See ya. Bye.